I guess if you want to get the show on the road, we can get the show on the road. I'm sorry I wanted to play Minecraft, but... <laughs> no worries. You can play Minecraft, you fucking nerd. I mean, if I weren't a nerd, would I be here? Like, really and truly? What? This is the coolest podcast on the internet. We get so much pussy because of this podcast collectively, August. There are so many things I could say, but on the off chance that this makes it into the pre-pod and Anya is listening, I will say none of them. Space Rocks, the Steven Universe watching podcast where we watch Steven Universe. My name is Brian. I use he, him pronouns. Um, you can find me on the internet at RoomWearPod. You can find this podcast on Twitter at GaySpacePod. Uh, with me, as always, is my mayoral co-host, August. Hello, I'm August. Uh, much like Mayor Dewey, I am drinking right now. Um... <laughs> and uh, you can find me on the internet at HarpyDora, well, at least on Twitter and a couple of other places that I've abandoned, um, mostly Twitter. Uh, and uh, you probably know this by now, but my pronouns are they, them. Um, Let's see. I don't think there's any. I, I did tertiary glance. There's no real cartoon news. Um, well, there is. Just wrapped up. There oh. is there is some cartoon news. Evidently, Minecraft is doing a an RTS game, which makes no good goddamn sense. But you know, whatever. You do you, Minecraft. I mean, th- th- they gotta milk Minecraft for every last fucking drop of money, right? I mean, you know, if you've got a a franchise, you know, go ahead and monetize it, I guess. But it just Minecraft does not seem like the sort of IP to lend itself to RTS games. Like I could see like a plants versus zombies things where it's like villagers versus creepers or something like that, but not an RTS. I mean, maybe it's a prequel and it explains all the pigmen or some bullshit like that. I don't know. I've watched a game theory. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Um, uh, there was a lot of video games. They not E three happened this week. Yeah, I um, heard. I heard a little bit when I was like cursorily listening to Waypoint Radio, but I didn't actually absorb anything. So, if there are any highlights you have, lay them on me. Um, let's see. Uh, we saw some more footage of Redfall. It looks pretty fun. Mm-hmm. It's like Left for Dead, but vampires. But they really don't want you to call it Left for Dead. <laughs> um, because Bethesda's making it not Valve. Yeah. Um let's see. I'm trying to think of anything else that like isn't, popped me hard. Isn't Bethesda doing like a Mass Effect clone? Like Fallout 4, but Mass Effect? 
Um, they're doing a space RPG. They're doing Fallout 4, but space. I don't know if it's going to end up being Mass Effect-y. Okay. Um, I didn't watch any trailers of it. it yeah. Um, I'm not super... I wasn't a huge fan of Fallout 4, so... Eh, I think... I sank like 80-ish hours into Fallout 4. I didn't go as bananas for it as uh, Crystal did, but I still got a fair amount of play out of Fallout 4. I enjoyed it, so. Yeah, um, I played it. It's just like not my, I, like, it's one of those things where it's like it stripped so much Fallout out of Fallout that I didn't really care anymore. I'm like, man, this doesn't feel like Fallout anymore. It just feels kind of like a garbage shooter. Yeah, I I don't know. Like I it was my first Fallout, uh Babby's first oh. Fallout, so I didn't have any of the expectations of the franchise when I played it. Um and I mean like it had its problems. Like you couldn't romance Valentine and that was that was a huge flaw. Um but you could romance uh Hancock, which was nice, and you have a dog, which is also nice. So, you know, that I mean Checks a couple of boxes on my list. That's fair. This, the, like, the role play, I don't know. I mean, I'm also, I wanted, it, it very much is a linear progression from Fallout 3 to Fallout mm-hmm. 4, as opposed to me who wanted Fallout New Vegas, but prettier. That's fair. Um, I want multiple factions all warring. I want my, my robot dog much better than a regular dog. Uh, That's I want fair. my PTSD riddled sniper <laughs> uh, and then the pair of them produce like bumping my perception up so high that I ping enemies well before I can visually see them. Nice. Um, I played Fallout New Vegas, maybe the most boring way, which is like cranking my perception beyond reason, um, walking around with a 50 cal anti-material rifle and just obliterating things from a million miles away with stealth. I mean, that. <laughs> That's fair and valid. Um, um, yeah, I I don't know. I might give I might give uh, Fallout in space a try. Um, yeah, oh. I mean, I will probably get it because it will be on Game Pass. Yeah. Um, which brings me to the other thing that got announced that I'm interested in: new Kojima game. Yeah. Uh, exclusive to Xbox. No. Which means it will almost certainly be on Game Pass and PC. If it uh, is. Usually when they say exclusive to game, bo- game Xbox, it really means like exclusive to console-wise to Xbox. PC is like a Wild West. Mm. Um, and an Xbox is a, almost an x86 PC. Like it's extremely easy to put your shit... Yeah. On PC if you've got it on Xbox. Yeah. Um I don't know. We'll worst see. Worst case scenario, I'll be able to stream it through Game Pass. So Yeah. I don't know. It just want me some new I have not played Death Stranding. Still haven't played Death Stranding, even though it is available on PC. Yeah, I um I don't know. I've I've heard really good things about Death Stranding. I I kinda wanna play it, but at the same time, it's just like I don't know if I want to invest that amount of time right now. I mm. say as if I'm not going on a fucking Minecraft vendor. Um, <laughs> Lord have mercy. A game that definitely has an end state. 
Yeah, the end state is I have strip mined everything because I don't. I've <laughs> I've done crafting. I've actually built a tiny little fortress for myself. Like there's virtually oh. nothing in it, but it's got a cute checkerboard pattern. There are copper window casements that are slowly oxidizing. I wish they'd oxidize faster. Um, it's it's very cute. I've done some aesthetic work in my actual mine shaft, so. You know, nice. that's well done. that is the most crafting like I the way I engage with Minecraft is I just like to dig holes and find pieces of candy, by which I mean ore and diamonds, and do nothing with them. So, you know, perfectly normal Minecrafter here. Mm-hmm. Um let's see. I think that's it as far as like quote unquote uh, cartoon news goes. Uh, August, have you watched any cartoons? Um, no. Uh, most of the stuff I've been consuming recently has just been bite sized bullshit on YouTube. Uh, so nothing, you know, not even any particularly interesting video essays or anything like that. Mm hmm. Like I said, I've I've uh, been on a Minecraft bender, so fair enough. Um, let's see. The season finale of uh, Young Justice happened is pretty good. Pretty good. Set up an interesting season for next season. I'm assuming they got renewed. Um, <laughs> I don't know. HBO Max seems to be renewing fucking whatever at this point. Fair. Uh, somehow HBO Max, the gayest streaming service. Don't know how that happened. Do yeah. not know how that happened. Oh, God, that's the other cartoon news. Uh, Netflix is doing Squid Game in real life. God, Jesus. Yeah. It was, like, bad when Mr. Beast did it, but, like, he's a dumb YouTuber, right? Yeah. Um. They laid off half their workforce to fund a fucking Squid Game reality show. Truly the darkest timeline. Ugh. Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. You were talking about the Young Justice finale. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was good. Set up some interesting and fun stuff. Interested to see where it goes next season. Um, watched, um, been watching this YouTube channel called We're in Hell. Uh, aptly named yeah uh he's a i guess he's a bread tuber i've i don't know if that term means anything uh but he's been doing an interesting series where he like watches a real like garbage reality tv show on netflix and then you know uses it to critique society it's a pretty solid pretty solid series um what else oh uh obi-wan continues it's pretty solid. I liked today's episode. Um, and Miss Marvel has premiered, and I very much like that show. It's got style and a vibe. <laughs> um, I will highly recommend it, just because it, it's got a, its own character. Okay. It's not true about most Marvel stuff, so yeah. very much in the, hopefully, like this low-key Miss Marvel Doctor Strange, Thor, Love and Thunder, you know, whatever's coming up with the Guardians. Hopefully this is what 
phase whatever the fuck we're in like the new era of marvel is a lot more like stylistic and director focused mm-hmm. um it's gonna have to get weirder because like the main villain of this whole section of marvel's story arc is kang the fucking conqueror um and they've already set up that he's there's multiple kang the fucking conquerors so mm. hopefully we'll get to see the council of kangs Um, I think that is it for me. Um, yeah, that's it. I guess let's get into some Steven Universe. Oh, so August. Oh, oh, other other cartoon news. Mm -hmm. Um, I, uh. In watching the episodes this week, I watched all of the season again. Last yeah. night, literally just last night. Anya wanted to keep August going. Like four. Yeah, it's... We'll get into it. Let's get into it and we'll talk about this season. Yeah. This week, we are uh, watching episodes 133, 134, and 135. Dewey wins. Cation raising the barn. First up is 133. Dewey wins. Um, came out on uh, November or leaked online November the tenth. Came out December fifteenth. Holy shit, that's a gap. Mm. Um, written by Lamar Abrams and Jeff Liu. At this point in time, Steven Universe had a real problem with fucking leaks. Uh, mostly because like shit would get dumped on apps in different countries and then leaked online. So, um. Steven helps Mayor Dewey run a difficult campaign. Eh. Sure. D. Yeah. Eh, C. C. Steven insists that he will be fine. Um, after, well, okay, let's roll back, roll back, roll back. So, following the events of last, uh, last, the last episode, Steven, uh, is insisting to everybody that he's going to be fine as he's walking Connie out, um, joking that the gyms are never going to let him out of their sight. Uh, Connie is, uh, visibly sullen, um, as, um, he, uh, catches up with her and Lion. Steven is excited to tell Connie about the adventures of his adventure, the events of his adventure, blah, on Homeworld, um, and after uh, her kind of not responding to it, and he says he's happy to see her again. Um, and uh, Steven's like, and she's like, are you happy to see me? And Connie's like, yeah, of course I'm fucking happy to see you. But I don't think you get it, man. Like you gave yourself up. And Steven, very much full of himself, is like, yeah, I, you know, it's it was really hard for me to do, but, it, you know, it was the only choice that I had to make. And, you know, in the end, it worked out. Everybody's OK. And Connie's like, I'm not fucking OK. And then her and Lion are like, fuck you. And then they leave. Uh, lost his lost his fucking cat to his girl in the breakup. Uh, fucking big L's for Steven all over this episode. Um Steven goes into the Big Donut next episode or the next morning, not the next episode, Jesus, uh, and is explaining to Sadie what's going on with Lars. Um, Sadie is extremely upset by this. She's like, what the fuck do you mean that this boy, this garbage stink boy that I love um, is trapped in space? Have you told his parents? And Steven's like, I haven't 
really gotten around to telling his parents yet. Um, so they decide to go to their house and tell them Sadie's probably a good, good person to bring along for this particular mission. Uh, as they're heading out the boardwalk, uh, we come across, um, a protest of sorts that are happening, a rally being led by Nanofoy. Uh, she's like, hey, the mayor sucks shit. People keep getting fucking kidnapped. Yo, fuck the mayor. And Steven's like, come on, the mayor's doing his best. Uh, and, uh, Sadie decides to go on to talk to Lars's parents, uh, while Steven decides to help out Mayor Dewey. Um, Steven goes and tells Mayor Dewey what's up. I guess he's a narc this episode. Uh, (laughs) um, and, uh, he tries to get Mayor Dewey to, um, uh, to take responsibility for what's going on. Uh, he proposes a town meeting where the citizens, uh, where he basically tells the citizens that he was responsible, for, or that Stephen was responsible for the events to try and clear Mayor Dewey's name. Uh, at the meeting, it goes like shit. Um, Mayor Dewey's trying to placate everybody, but Con- or not Connie, but Sadie is there, and she's like, hey, my fucking, uh, my boy, He's stuck in space. Did you even notice that fucking Lars was stuck in space? And uh, Mayor Dewey's like, wait, who? Lars who? The donut boy? Uh, they, uh, he eventually, he gets hit in the, uh, the face with a, um, a tomato, which goes viral on the internet. Um, Steven is trying to calm him down, uh, noting that only 12 people seen it, which is met by panic when Dewey states that that's at least half the town. Um, Dewey is hurt that the video and the mean things that people said to him, but Steven is doing his best to try and help. Uh, the next morning, a crowd is gathered in front of, uh, the speech of Palooza stage. I didn't realize the stage had a name. Yeah, it says uh, Speechapalooza. Huh. Um, they, I mean, they only have the one stage, so you might as well, why, why buy a new banner? Um, basically Dewey is going to debate Nanafwa. Uh, Steven writes up a whole bunch of jokes. Nanafwa gives an impassioned speech about how they need to work together, that Beach City deserves somebody who is going to, uh, to like really lift it up. Uh, Dewey tries to start into it and then he's like, man, you know what? She's right. I suck shit. Um, I concede. <laughs> uh, he walks off stage. Steven is distraught by this. Um, coming to the lesson, like Dewey's like, listen, kid, you got to know when you're fucking beat. And uh, Steven's like, what about us? I thought we were in this together. Then it has the realization that he, you know, this is what he's done to Connie in a much bigger, scarier way. Um, and he goes home to uh, to contact Connie, um, and uh, it's not going well. Connie is not answering his phone calls. Star wipe the end. <sighs> oh, Power Connie! Comes to a fucking end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all of all of Stephen's chickens are coming home to roost. The thing is, like, Mm -hmm. Steven is usually more, I don't know if it's just because it involves himself that he's Mm -hmm. 
not able to understand what is going on with Connie at first, but it's one of those things where it's like, if Sadie and Lars were having this problem, he would know immediately what's up and understand the the issue at hand. Um, so yeah, well, it feels Stephen understands everybody's emotions except his own. He's not he's not a self empath. <laughs> no, I'm. But it's not his emotions that he's not understanding. He's not understanding Connie's emotions. And like I said, I don't know if that's because of his blind spot with himself or it's because of it needs to happen to move this particular plot forward. But I think I think at this point, Stephen has maybe like, let, let's look at what Stephen is coming off of. He he stood trial in front of like gods in space on a whole different planet ran away from them like saved a bunch of off-color gems resurrected Lars and made his way back to Earth I think he's like I'm I think he's he is fully committed at this point to I am I'm the savior I'm the one who is going to save everybody um and doesn't get that other people don't want him to be that like he's think he he thinks he's doing the right thing. He thinks he's doing what he's supposed to because Stephen is not at the point in time where he like has you know he's still very much wants to live up to the legacy of Rose Quartz because he thinks that's what he has to do to be able to like fix this situation. Um, and he is falling into that like you know big charismatic leader. He's acting like he I think he's acting like what he thinks he needs to act like to be, quote unquote, Rose Quartz. Right. He's trying to be the charismatic leader, the self-sacrifice person when that's not who he is, nor is that what the people around him want. He's trying to do it alone. and He doesn't understand why everybody's mad at him for doing it alone. Uh, That's how I read it. I mean, I can see that. I just, I don't necessarily agree. I mean, I agree that he's going on this emotional journey and doesn't necessarily realize exactly how toxic his particular, the the worldview he's adopting, how toxic that is for himself. And, but like I said, I just, I don't know. I don't know that I necessarily buy him not being able to understand why Connie's upset. So I, I mean, it, it's fine. Like it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't spoil the, the enjoyment of, of the episode or the, the series for me or anything like that. It's Mm -hmm. just, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, the crew universe is usually very, very good about the way that they tend to characterize everyone that when they make some when they make a misstep or a potential misstep it stands out that's fair i mean so. i think also part of this episode is steven's desperately trying to claw to the to hit the status quo that he knows because he wants to keep mary dewey in power even though objectively mary dewey sucks shit <laughs> um and 
I, I guess I have a fresh perspective on the scene because I binged the entire fucking season <laughs> last night. Um, yeah, like, I no, feel I, like the you know part of this season is very much like things changing, people growing, people moving into different aspects of their life and and coming to terms with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I definitely see the the whole. Steven getting invested in Mayor Dewey as, as him trying to claim some sort of normalcy for himself. Um, mm-hmm. Just because, you know, things are already changing so fast. Like he just came off of that, that huge uh, adventure and needing something to ground himself with and seeing, you know, the, I don't know if I would necessarily call Mayor Dewey like the bedrock of the community or anything like that, but seeing, you know, Stevens anchor, which is Beach City as a whole, you know, potentially going through a certain amount of upheaval uh, mm-hmm. when he's already got a savior complex. It it makes sense. Like yeah. that that all that all tracks 100 percent. And like. Yeah, Mayor Dewey sucks shit but steven historically has always tried to see the best in people even mayor dewey so mm-hmm. you know again who isn't like he sucks shit but i don't think he's like inherently a bad dude he's just like a shitty politician man yeah exactly like like we've we've seen mayor dewey express genuine interest in the well-being of beach city he's just a shitty politician man his job yeah <laughs> yeah Shitty both in the sense that he's a shitty politician and shitty in the sense that he's not good at his job. Mm-hmm. So and, like the show is moving past like as the like as the show spe- specifically this season goes on. It's like Steven is growing up and so is like Beach City. You know, Beach City's moving beyond like needing a comical mayor, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> that like everybody's growing up and becoming more serious, becoming more uh you know be- becoming more mature it, it, mm-hmm. and that is being reflected in the town which is pretty fun fun thing but yeah it, it's one of those things where it's like steven is inherently blind but steven's also been like when it becomes con- when it comes to conflict with himself he's not very good like historically has just been terrible at reading situations oh, yeah. as to why people are mad or when he's involved he thinks that he can just i think that the thing here is he thinks he can just fucking fix everything yeah. He's like, I fixed it. Why are you mad? Not, um, not realizing the the sort of trauma he put all the people closest to him through. And maybe it was I, you know, maybe it was the right call. Who fucking knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe they could have taken on Aquamarine if they would have been able to hold out and maybe get some backup. Like I feel like Lapis and Aquamarine would have a pretty dope fight. Mm-hmm. Um, which seems to be extremely true about blue gems, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I don't think he made the bad call in the time, but he needs to, like, he he thought he made the right call and then everybody would be like, ah, yes, Steven. Good job, Steven. Yeah. Not, hey, hey, we're supposed to work together. <laughs> you can't just fucking solo this shit. Yeah. Don't. Don't 1v1 God. Yeah. 
though arguably i feel like in this the season finale is a little bit steven 1v1ing god <laughs> oh that's yeah, yeah, yeah. animes work it's like yeah. the power of friendship except in the end when it is kind of just you beat the shit out of god so yeah no i i it's it's totally some shonen anime bullshit it's fine like i don't i have absolutely no uh, criticism for how things fell out in the in the the season finale or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I wish Sadie would stop caring about garbage stink boy. Don't worry, he will. She will stop caring about garbage stink boy soon. That's good. Next time we record, she will stop caring about garbage stink boy. Good. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. But right now, this, this little arc is mostly about um, Steven <laughs> yeah. having fucked up his closest relationship. Yeah. He's done. He's it, done. Broke up the power couple. Yeah. It's. <sighs> Steven. Truly. Nanafwa. Solid mare. I'd mayor vote Nanafua. for her. Oh, yeah, yeah for I, sure. I'd vote for her. Is her last name pizza? Do we I mean, know? I think their names are pizza. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. her like the Kofi's last name is pizza. Yeah. Kofi's last name is pizza, but that doesn't mean her last name is pizza. Because well, like Kofi could have changed it. I mean, I guess could've... so when he got. To, yeah. Yeah. Like he could have changed his last name when he decided to open a pizza shop. Like. But if pizza is his last name then yes her last name would be pizza maybe there's something in the art book i don't know mm-hmm. but yes i'd i'd vote for for marinanafa in a heartbeat um yeah i mean god mayor dewey is so shitty like we'll hire a new donut boy like Way to miss do the fucking Do you even have point. the ability to do that? <laughs> do you own the big donut? Maybe <sighs> he doesn't. I no. can tell you equivocally that he does not, but... God. Mayor Dewey in- completely incapable of fucking reading a room. Yeah. I mean, except for when he's like, you know what? She is, but, like, at least he knows when to take the L. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess he's got that going for him. Yeah. And I mean, I think that speaks to like the the underlying theme of Steven Universe, which is really that most people have the capacity to be good people. Mm-hmm. Uh, even people who are kind of shitty, like it's it's very rare for us to find a person who is shitty that doesn't have the capacity to do good things. Yeah. Like the only the only person like the only person I can think of think of as of right now, other than the diamonds, which I know the diamonds are special and get their own Mm -hmm. thing. But other than the diamonds, the only person I can think of who hasn't, you know, has been on screen and hasn't really been shown to have anything better going on. We've got um, Marty. I almost forgot his name. Uh, yeah. Marty. Eyeball. And then Eyeball. Aquamarine Navy. Also. 
yeah, Navy, Aquamarine, and uh, what was it? Blue, blue oh, what agate? Holly blue agate. Yes. Yeah. And in a Jasper, but like in a cast, we come of, back around to Jasper. Okay. Yeah. But I said as of right now. Yeah. Um, that's fair. That's fair. With. And with a cast that is as large as Steven Universe's, that the fact that I can only really count on one hand the number of characters that are like that, you know, it. That's the thesis of the show, you know. Mm -hmm. So it makes total sense that Mayor Dewey in a fit of sleep deprivation where he's feeling vulnerable can admit and take the L. Yeah. Because, like, as, you know, like we've said before, he's not a bad dude. He's just an incompetent dude. Like, he's not, I guess he's mm-hmm. not evil, right? He's not, like, a yeah. great dude. But he's not, like, an evil man. Yeah. So. All right. Yep. You have anything also, else for Dewey wins? <laughs> did you notice the, the picture of Connie over Steven's bed? Yeah. Fucking boys got a bad. Yeah. Uh, we'll see just how bad here in a second. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, moving next to episode 134, Gemcation, uh, also leaked on November the 10th, came out December the 15th, uh, written by Madeline Crapel. Uh, did, did we? Ah, fuck. Um... Hold on a second. I'm gonna re-Google this person's last name. Oh, none of these have any good ratings, huh? Quirapel. Some something along those lines. If I if I, if somebody knows how to pronounce this person's last name properly, please tell me. I'm just going off of what the internet is telling me. Um But Medline, Quirapel, and Jesse Zook. Uh, official synopsis. Uh-huh. Greg and the gyms take Steven on vacation to help him relax. That is, that is yeah. arguably what happens in this episode. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's a C plus, B minus, like, in yeah. that range. It has been a few days since Dewey wins, and Steven has made numerous, numerous, numerous attempts to try and contact, uh, contact Connie. Um... The uh, he is texting her very badly. He's the boy has got it bad, right? He is he's making terrible jokes. He's doing everything he shouldn't be doing <laughs> out of a fit of desperation. I've been there, buddy. Um, Gray accidentally gets tangled into a hose to which Steven just immediately is like, fuck this uh, and destroys that hose. Um, and uh is like, are you okay? Do you still love me? And Greg's like, yeah, I, Jesus Christ, calm the fuck down, buddy. Um, it's obvious to Greg that uh, Stephen, something's up with Stephen because um, he's he's depressed, he's withdrawn, and he, he's constantly dismissing the issue whenever Greg is like, hey, you okay? So back at the beach house, Stephen is um, extremely out of it that he's uh basically washing a dish with a bottle of soap just rubbing the bottle of soap against it 
um, he receives a text and he's like, oh, my God. OK, give Connie some time. Give her whatever she needs. Take a deep breath. You got this. It's a text from Ronaldo uh, talking about Koala Princess, that motherfucker. Uh, in walks uh, Greg and the Crystal Gems. They tell him that they're going to go on a vacation. They've rented a vacation house for the weekend. Uh Steven is so out of it that he doesn't quite understand that he's being invited by a vac- on a vacation. Um, but they all urge him to uh, to come along in an extremely rehearsed way. Uh, and Steven is like, I don't know, maybe I'll stay here. And then he gets another fucking message from Ronaldo. He's like, yeah, never mind. Fuck it. I'm out. Um, they all drive up to the cool ranch. Uh, well, Steven is just like glued to his phone, desperately waiting for a reply from Connie. Uh, they, uh, s- s- Greg has been fully, uh, sold a b- bill of goods with this house. It is a kind of a rundown cabin. Um, they go inside to clean it. Uh, Greg's trying to talk about how cool it is. While every time he lists a cool thing about the cabin, Pearl's like, we can't do that. Um, this all culminates in uh, Amethyst finding a snake and somehow the snake biting Pearl. <laughs> we cut to a little bit later while Pearl is on basically a fainting couch and Amethyst is like, you can't you're not even hurt by this. She's like, I know, but it was extremely traumatizing. <laughs> um, uh, Greg notices that Steven is obsessing, obsessing over his phone and he he kind of like he's like urges Amethyst to go talk to her talk to him uh like you know kind of like break the ice get him talking because amethyst is the most sort of on his level um amethyst does her best but steven's not really engaging amethyst doesn't really know what's going on and eventually sort of peters out uh later in the evening greg and uh garnet are in a hot tub uh greg gets out and you know urges steven to get in the hot tub kind of like okay let's get him alone with garnet garnet's the one who loves to talk and is the big mentor figure, right? Um, Steven does, getting into the hot tub fully fucking clothed with his phone in a fucking Ziploc bag. Um, all this time, uh, Steven is uh, really not paying attention. Uh, Gary is trying to get to the roots of his anxiety, but she misreads the situation to be about Pink Diamond um, and how Rose Quartz assassinated Pink Diamond. Uh, as Garnet's about to go into like a big epic war tale when Steven, Steven shuts her down and summarily explains that he's come to terms with the whole pink diamond situation. Uh, that's not what he's upset about. Finally, the next morning, uh, Steven's anxiety uh, is still super high. He's sitting on the front porch staring at his phone. He overhears Greg and the gyms. They're all extremely worried about him. Greg's like, listen, I don't know if this is fucking space lag or if this is some kind of goddamn. I don't know what shit he saw on Homeworld, but you guys do. I cannot help my son in this situation. I am not equipped to deal with whatever trauma he has, but you guys do. You know Homeworld. You need to put this in context for him. And so finally Pearl goes out there. Um, And... Pearl is trying uh, to explain the situation, kind of talking about her own anxieties in the process. Um, She's on the verge of some sort of something, but she can't seem to get it out. Um, But before Pearl can really spit it out, Stephen breaks in uh, and is like, 
I've had a big fight with Connie. I'm so upset. I don't, she's not talking to me. I don't know what to do. Uh, and he bursts into tears and runs off and Greg, everybody's like, what Connie? And Greg's like, I don't know shit about space shit, but God damn it. I do know about <laughs> this. I got this guys. Um, he goes to talk to Steven. Steven, you know, reveals his anxieties about the situation. Like what if Connie never talks to him again? Uh, he was afraid to admit it because everybody likes Connie. and He didn't want everybody to be mad at him for pushing Connie away. Greg reassures him like, hey, listen, she just needs time, but she'll talk to you when she ta- when she's ready to talk to you. And but we're going to always be here for you. Everything's going to be OK. Um, and Steven's like, I just I haven't gotten anything back from her. And uh, Greg's like, does your phone even have fucking service out here to which Finally, Stephen realizes, no, it fucking doesn't. So they uh, do a mad dash run to get cell phone service in the van. Um, finally climbing to the top of a hill. Um, Stephen climbing on top of the van, finally getting one bar of service. Ding, he gets a message. It's Ronaldo. It's goddamn Ronaldo ruining everything again. Uh, Stephen is crushed. Um, he curls up uh, and kind of like lays on Greg's lap as the gems all kind of climb up on top of the van. Everybody's stargazing, uh, just kind of vibing with Steven uh, star wipe the end. Fucking oh Steven boy. has turned into a full on teenager. Yeah. He absolutely has. He is. Uh, he is doing his goddamnedest here. Yeah, and God, I I feel bad, but I feel bad for Connie. Like, yeah, I feel she's I, yeah, he's blowing her up, but I understand he's 14, right? Yeah, like, yeah, it's real hard to keep that like in like it's hard for you to not text somebody who you think is mad at you as a full grown adult and uh-huh. it's impossible as a teenager. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not. I I am not faulting the Crewniverse for Steven making these decisions. They make absolutely perfect sense um, within the context of just who he is as a person and the fact that he's a fucking teenager. Um, mm-hmm. I just I feel bad for Connie. Like I, it uh, that's gotta suck. She's she's gotta be in a bad position. It it sucks for her. I'm sorry, girl. Yeah, for real. Um, so I don't remember the last time Koala Princess was mentioned. Did we did we talk about the koala anime? No. OK, because like I'm wondering if Koala Princess isn't a reference. There was this uh, koala anime that was on Nickelodeon very early in Nickelodeon's existence when all they could afford was like cheaply licensed anime and a couple of original mm-hmm. shows. Um, but it was about these koalas from like a koala dimension and they made friends with uh, a human girl and she had to wear a disguise when she went to the koala dimension and. It was fucking wild, and I'm wondering if somebody on the Steven Universe crew didn't remember that koala anime, and that's why it's Koala Princess. Uh, if anybody possibly. knows. yeah. I don't see any reference to it on the internet. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Yeah, Maybe. it was from, I like... I don't remember this show at all. 
it was like the show itself, I think was from like the late seventies, early eighties. And I feel Mm -hmm. like I read a Wikipedia article about it where it was like started because a zoo in Japan got koalas and was like originally supposed to be some sort of promotional thing for, for the zoo somehow. The show is called Noozles. Yes. Um, yes, there we go. Noozles, uh, also known as the Wondrous Koala Blinky, is a 26-episode anime by Nippon Animation uh, Company that was originally released in Japan in 1984, so that's not so bad. Um, let's see, when did it uh, hit America, I wonder? It would have been the late 80s, early 90s, because it it hit around the time that I would have been interested in that when I was like five or six. So. Huh. So apparently it has episodes directed by uh, Noburo uh, Ishiguro, who is uh, one of the main people from Space Battleship Yamato and Macross. (laughs) That doesn't surprise me. (laughs) Um... Oh, so it ran on Nickelodeon from 1988 to 1993. So Nickelodeon got it pretty soon after time in Japan, but then ran it forever. Yeah. Huh. I just, I remember loving the hell out of that show when I was Apparently, Noozles was made as Japan was in the midst of a koala frenzy, along with another koala-themed anime titled Koala Boy uh, Koki, uh, which would later be broadcast alongside Noozles on Nickelodeon Junior Block in 1988 under the English title Adventures of Little Koala. According to Anime Encyclopedia... Um, Japan's koala frenzy was sparked by the Tama Zoo of Western Tokyo in Western Tokyo receiving its first koala as the Australian government sent six koalas to Japan as a token of goodwill. <laughs> Australia, yeah. like, uh, here's some koalas. <laughs> yeah. We just got so many fucking koalas. I, I don't remember the other koala anime, but I remember the newsles. Uh, I remember the Noozles, and there was also this other anime that Nickelodeon ran a lot that was like a, an anthology of anime retellings of various fairy tales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I just, I can't help but wonder if somebody didn't see the Noozles and that influenced Koala Princess. So Could be. Certainly could be. Um <laughs> Well, now that we've this, sorry that we this concludes koala koala corner. Yeah, um, I'm I'm sorry we had to go down memory lane like that, but um uh yeah. I mean the the thing is with this episode, it's just like man uh, as a person who has to talk to a 14-year-old pretty regularly, uh I guess I'm going to have to tell Shane not to tell Daniel that I'm talking about parent stuff about him anyways uh sometimes Jen lists the show with daniel shout out to daniel um man this is like i very much uh sympathize with the gems and greg here of trying to figure out like what like we know what the fuck is up with steven right but from the outside he just went through like the most traumatic experience he maybe could have he was like mm-hmm. kidnapped put on trial uh, escaped who his friend died and he brought him back yeah. to life like 
So of course they're going to think that like, oh, Jesus, he, you know, something, you know, terrible has happened to Steven. Um, but it really boils down to like interpersonal stuff, like, which is usually the most important, like, well, th- th- that's the thing that like the teenage brain sort of, you know, seemingly latches onto more than more often than not is like these interpersonal uh, conflicts that can really like, you know, that, 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 that really send kids spiraling when things go bad, because it's really hard at that age to not see thing you know, everything is the end of yeah. the world, especially for a Steven universe, Steven T universe there who, um, the end of the world is kind of impending for him. Yeah. Well, I mean, I definitely feel like this encapsulates mm-hmm. uh, a fair bit of like 14 year old behavior, but also like it continues the behavior of the adults in Steven's life making assumptions about him. Like yeah. they're in in some ways they're kind of doing to Steven what Steven did to Connie, where where he just assumed uh, certain things about Connie's mental state and then acted upon them and and hurt her further and they're assuming certain things about his mental state, and that's only making things worse. Yeah, so. that's fair. Though, in their defense, they have tried to talk to him before. It's clear, like, at, at the beginning of the episode where Greg's like, hey, what's up? What's wrong? You know, you can talk to me, and, and Steven's been real, you know, has been dodging. Well, the gyms haven't talked to Steven, but Greg has, because he's... More emotionally, he's the most emotionally mature parent in Steven's life. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like Greg's tried, and so it, it. I think it's Steven won't talk about it, and I think it's probably fair for Greg to assume, like you know, my son has he has suffered trauma. Yeah, but at the same time, yeah. it's like you know, not giving Steven the space to to come at it in his own time. Uh, you know, they're, they're they're making the assumption that, yeah, they're, they're making the assumption that, that they know best in this scenario. They know best about Steven's, Steven's mental state. And I mean, obviously he's suffering, but sometimes, sometimes you just gotta sit with it for a bit before you can talk about it with anybody. Yeah. Um, so, and I, and I mean, you know, again, this is something that the adults in Steven's life have done before, you know, making assumptions about him and, and his, his well-being and, you know, clearly they have his well-being, you know, utmost in their minds, but, you know, especially the gems making certain assumptions about what's going on with him, you know, it sucks. Like poor Steven, you know. Some he he brought some of this on himself, no doubt. Like you know, everything yeah. with Connie, he kind of brought on himself. But right, poor guy. Yeah, for real, he's going through it. There's um, also so much to unpack with with Greg's story about like going door to door looking for for ones that were unlocked and just <laughs> uh, just casual. I mean, listen, squatting's a thing. It's fine. Yeah, I, um, I'm. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm just saying there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> Cross punk Greg universe. Yeah. Um. Speaking of a lot to unpack, whatever's going on with Pearl. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, um, I feel like Pearl of uh, everybody uh, of the Crystal Gems has the most uh, conflicting feelings about Homeworld. Yeah, very, very much so. I mean, I don't think that I think she's fully against home. She, I don't think she ever. I mean, for one, Homeworld's probably rad, so radically different from what she remembered, um, considering the images that we've seen of Homeworld currently. Mm. Um, I highly doubt that it was the way it was before, you know, in era, in era two or in era one, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, I do like the snake bit. I, I I had forgotten that Pearl gets bit by a snake, and I thought uh, Amethyst was initially referring to a raccoon. I thought we were going to get a raccoon sighting. Hmm. In fact, it's just nope. a snake. Amethyst, this party guy. Yeah, Amethyst doesn't know what a human being is, I think, anymore. I think she's lost all touch with reality. That's um, what happens when when you quit your main interaction with with human beings. Mm-hmm. Needs to continue to wrestle so she can tell the difference between a snake and a person. Yeah. Either that uh, or she needs to, like, learn how to play bridge with Vidalia. Yeah. Or just hang out. Just just chill. Just vibe, man. Just go there. You don't have to play bridge. Just sit there, drink, which I'm assuming all of these, like, these adults, that's what the adults do when they go to play bridge, is they just get goddamn hammered. Greg shows up with the weed. As we've established, he's the weed guy of Beach City. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, we're going to Steven's just going to be going through it for the next few episodes. Like at least even after this week, Steven's going to continue to be going through it. <laughs> well, I mean, like one of his friends just fucking up and abandoned the planet in the mm-hmm. next episode. So, you know, just yeah, he's got just kind of to continue to go through it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, um. I fucking loved the visual gag of Steven getting in the hot tub without changing clothes. Don't get everybody. This is me. <laughs> a person who's done a lot of dumb shit in a hot tub before. Mm. Do not get into a hot tub with jeans on. That just sounds horrible. It's bad. It's real bad. Uh, do not get into a hot tub with jeans on. Yeah. Also, do not get into a hot tub, spend like five hours in that hot tub, drink a case of PBR and three bottles of champagne and throw 36 rubber ducks into the woods. (laughs) Just don't do it. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) Yeah, don't do it. Sometimes you want to throw things into the woods. Don't do it. It's not good for the woods. Yeah. Um. Basically, what I'm saying is, don't be in your twenties. Uh, because <laughs> thirty-six year old me, thirty-five year old, how fucking old am I? Thirty-five year old me did that. I would die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would just be deceased. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Alrighty. Yeah, 30, 37 year old me cannot do half the shit I did in my 20s anymore. Mm-hmm. There's other shit I did in my 20s that I could probably do better, but. Mm-hmm. I certainly drink better than I did when I was just raw dogging fucking SoCo. <laughs> I don't know how I did that. Yeah. The thought of it I makes once- my skin crawl now. I you might want to you might want to put a a warning for talking about alcohol consumption at the beginning of this episode. Mm. Um but yeah, I uh we're we're going to continue alcohol story time. Uh I once drank like half a bottle of uh like Garnett's or Barnett's uh peach flavored vodka. It's Barnett's, yeah. Uh, and I got so drunk that I woke up the next morning still drunk and had to call in to work to be like, I'm going to be late. Uh, and I was still drunk when I got to work. And the manager pulled me aside and I was afraid I was going to get fired. And the manager on duty was like, it's okay. Mike shows up drunk all the time. <laughs> I was about to say, I have definitely done this, but at the time I was working in a restaurant and breakfast shift, it was just uh, normal for like most of the crew to be drunk or still drunk from the night before. Yeah, I was in a call center um, and uh, Mike is not his name, but uh, Mm. but yeah, it was. It was a lot. I uh, that is. That is the only time I have ever driven under the influence of alcohol. Kids don't, don't, just don't. I was young and stupid. Don't. Yeah, just get an Uber. Now it's so much easier now. Yeah. Uh, like, cause getting a cab back when we were like in our early twenties was real hard, especially here in the rural South. Um, but now you can just get an Uber, which is pretty dope. I mean, it's not yeah. great. Uber is like terrible, but like. At least you've got not you've got easier to access options. So yeah, so get an Uber. Spend the get money. an Uber. Mm-hmm. Don't just don't. Um, yeah, and that that concludes August deep lore story time. Truly. Um. All right. Anything else about Jim Cation? Greg is such a good dad. He's a great dad. I, every. I, Every, uh, I feel like every day I slowly become Greg Universe, though, in my real life, which is, like, not mm-hmm. terrible, but, like, especially later on when we get to, there's a couple of episodes, in a few episodes, Greg becomes the manager for a band, and I'm like, fuck, I am, like, <laughs> moments away from becoming Greg Universe, of just being a punk. Lord. Like a person who had a music career that didn't go anywhere, but now I know a lot of people. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I mean, there are there are worse cartoon dads to to be. Yeah. To be fair, I mean, I f- I still feel as though Greg still top of our cartoon dads. Uh, chart. Yeah, yeah, uh, he is. But I mean, we've you know there there are some other good cartoon dads. I mean, we've still mm-hmm. got Bob Belcher up there and Vegeta. Yeah. Um Piccolo. So. And Piccolo. Yeah. 
So, uh, I mean, there's still, there's still some other good cartoon dads, but Greg is such a good dad. I, I like, I like the way that he's portrayed in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, like especially he is, with, he is not a, obli- he's not really oblivious. He just doesn't, he's been trying to figure out what's up with his kid. His kid won't talk to him. Obviously he doesn't know, like w- without any context, there's no reason why he would even guess the Connie thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's been like what, five days maybe. Uh, yeah. and it's probably, I feel like it's very fair to assume this is a gym thing that he doesn't have context for. So he's like, listen, you have to do this. You have to put this in context with, for him. You have to help him. Like he this is the most depressed yeah. I've ever seen this kid. Yeah. He, I mean, his, the only, the only quote unquote sin that he commits is mm-hmm. making assumptions instead of giving Steven some space. But like, the fact that he's I love the Steven Universe's portrayal of emotional masculinity and having the emotional wherewithal to know when something is out of your out of your league, when it's out of your purview and being able to step up and ask for help. Um yeah. like Steven Universe as a show continues to demonstrate really healthy masculinity in ways that are super refreshing. Um, so, you know, just I just feel like it's worth commenting on on how good the show does with this. Yeah, for real, like Greg, like it, it, Greg is like one of the best media parents I feel like there are. Mm hmm. Again, yep. also the Belchers from Bob's Burgers, pretty good parents. Yeah. Little oddball, but mm-hmm. overall good. Yeah. Um Alrighty. Uh Okay. Um, all right, let's move on to raising the barn. Uh, also leaked on November the 10th, came out December 22nd. Um, this one was uh, written and storyboarded by Danny Craig and Hilary Florito. Uh, the official synopsis, Pumpkin Goes Missing. <laughs> Not even close. <sighs> Solid F. No. It's only three words. Yeah. Um, picking up pretty much directly from where we left off. Uh, Steven is still down in the dumps, desperately waiting for Connie to respond to him. Um, finally, he's like, fuck it, I'm going to go outside. He, he drags his ukulele sadly out to the, the, uh, the, uh, rocks and is, uh, about to write a new song when his phone vibrates. Uh, he is desperate for this to be Connie. And when he finally responds, it turns out to be Peridot. Uh, she's requesting a video call with him. He accepts and he's agreed by Peridot and Lapis and Pumpkin. Uh, they point out that Steven hasn't been communicating with them since his return to Homeworld. And he tells them that uh, Connie's not been responsive lately, which uh, they're not interested in at all. These two do not give a shit about Connie. Uh, <laughs> I love them. Uh, these two absolute fucking monsters. Um... They want to hear about his uh, visit to Homeworld and tell him to come out to the fucking come out to the goddamn barn, you motherfucker. Um, 
and uh oh wait sorry they don't invite him out to the barn they're curious about what's going on with homeworld steven starts explaining everything like oh um you know citizens were being abducted i got put on trial in front of blue and yellow diamond uh which at which point lapis is a full-on panic attack i was like fuck this we gotta leave we gotta get the fuck out of earth um steven rushes to the barn um where Paradox is struggling to reason with Lapis. Uh, Steven arrives just as Lapis plans, uh, is making plans for them to live in some, they're basically going to go somewhere where the diamonds can't find them remote in the universe, not on this planet. They're just getting the fuck off of earth. Um, Steven does let them know that as far as the diamonds know, he's still on homeworld because they have no idea how he got back here. Um, Peridot is trying to comfort her, but uh, Lapis is becoming more and more persistent, explaining to Stephen that he is too valuable um, and that they are just stacking fucking up uh, wounds against the diamonds. And they're not going to sit around and take that, especially because this is the Earth. Like the first place they're going to come is the fucking Earth. Um, Peridot's like, I'm not going to get caught in the middle of another war. Um Steven is really sad, but he's learning and he's like, listen, if you feel like you've got to go, you've got to go and I'm not going to stop you. Uh, Peridot uh, points out uh, Peridot is obviously does not want to go. And she keeps trying to make up excuses, talking about the meat morphs, talking about the barn. Um, uh, after a big emotional outburst, Lapis uses her powers to drain all the water from the uh, smaller than average lake and lifts the barn into the air. Uh, basically encasing it and is like, listen, we're just going to fly this barn through space, I guess. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, Peridot realizes that a pumpkin is missing. Uh, and they're like, well, we can't fucking leave without pumpkin. Uh, so Lapis puts the barn down and they split up and start looking for pumpkin. Peridot and Steven uh, are searching for pumpkin uh, where he tells Peridot uh, that he's going to miss them and reassures her uh but she reassures him that they're going to stay in contact. She's got his tablet. Um, and Steven's like, well, there's no Wi-Fi in space. Ashley explains that it's best that they remain out of contact and how she wants to keep Lapis happy. Uh, they come across the vegetable stand selling onions sold by onion. Um, it's a weird joke. <laughs> they think that maybe uh, Pumpkin would be here, but he's she's not. Uh, returning to the barn, the two find Pumpkin hiding uh sadly amongst the crops peridot uh is trying to grab her to get her to leave uh is taking out a lot of her negative emotions on pumpkin um and uh finally is like listen um uh peridot is finally kind of admits that she doesn't want to leave and neither does you know pumpkin doesn't want to leave and neither does she uh, Steve insists that uh, they talk the matter out with Lapis, but she says that she doesn't have a choice. Uh, just then, Lapis returns and is glad to find Pumpkin is safe and sound, and they begin to depart. Um, finally, Peridot tells Lapis that Pumpkin doesn't want to go, and Lapis is like, Pumpkin doesn't know better. She's a dog. <laughs> um, she's a pumpkin dog. So Peridot finally admits that she doesn't want to go either. Lapis is like, why are you telling me this now and not earlier? Why did you lie to me? And Peridot's like, it's not really lying. I'm just omitting the truth. And Lapis is like, that's still lying. And Peridot finally is like, listen, 
sometimes I just don't tell you things because I don't want to upset you because I know that you've been through a lot and I just kind of keep shit to myself. Um, uh, but Peridot goes on. She's like, listen, I know that you've been through a lot, but this is our home. Like this, I want, we have made a life here and I want to stay on earth and I want to fight to protect it. And if it loses, like if it's going down, I want to go down with it. I want to go down fighting. Uh, and it's like, we've made a life here. Isn't that life worth fighting for? Uh, it is, uh, obvious that the words touch lapis, but girls got too much trauma and she picks up the barn, uh, and she, um, leaves, uh, she glances one last time at earth and peridot and pumpkin, uh, as she fights back tears and then flies off into space, uh, emotionally shattered peridot returns with Steven to Steven's house where she takes up her old room in the bathroom. Um, only this time she's got pumpkin. Steven says she can stay as long as she needs. Um, Steven heads to bed where he checks his phone one last time from a message from Connie, uh, and, uh, Peridot asks him, uh, what, uh, what they're gonna do now, uh, to which Steven does not have an answer, star wipe the end. <sighs> All the couples are breaking up. <laughs> yeah. All of my, all my OTPs. Yeah. It actually gets worse, like, the more couple, like, lots of couples have temp have breakups this season. Well, I know that, that at the very least, Ruby and Sapphire get married. <laughs> so I've got that. I've got that to hold in my heart. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, yeah, nothing bad's going to happen to Ruby and Sapphire. Yeah. Not bad. Not, not one bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, God, poor Steven. Very much so. Also, poor Perry. Yeah. And I yeah. mean, arguably poor Lap Lapis isn't trying to be mean here. She's just got a lot. She, she is very poorly handling her PTSD. Yeah. Like, like. You know, there's there's no two ways about it. She has PTSD and she is not handling it very well. Right. She is just she is running, getting further and further into her, like allowing herself to get further and further into her own head, not not seeking any emotional relationships. Um, but uh, I mean, and it's hard to do that when you're in uh, when you're in uh, like trauma mode uh yeah it, it's hard to reach out to people and and it's hard to get outside of your own head when you're in flight or fight mode um and like i don't think like i am there are certainly moments where like lapis is control lapis has been shown to be controlling like uh i don't think that she is like bad and i don't think pair like i don't think peridot not wanting to upset lapis is very much like 
living with a person who has some mental health issues and isn't got doesn't have proper treatment for them or is doing their best and you don't it's not that they re- require you to do these sorts of things you're just like man it's not you you're you make choices where it's like this is not worth the fight or or the upset that it will cause and that's not good but that is just a thing that happens yeah yeah, I mean, I didn't get the the read that like mm-hmm. the the relationship was toxic at all. It's also mm-hmm. like Peridot on some level Peridot understands that she does not understand emotion the mm-hmm. way that other people do. And so, you know, she demonstrates a certain level of self-awareness where she's like I know that if I say these things, it will be hurtful. Because I don't know how to say them any other way. Mm-hmm. And Lapis accused her of lying. I don't think that's a, a particularly fair read yeah. on that. I I don't I don't necessarily think that either. Um But uh I mean I also don't think Lapis is meant to be fair here. Like I think no. she is lashing out and No, she, she's She's not thinking clearly. No. And, you know, that's that's not an excuse for what she does, but it is certainly an explanation. Yeah. Like, I think it, it this Steven Universe has gone out like like the thing I like about this season is like at, at least the very beginning of the season, there's a lot of like. Fucking the status quo up. And showing that, like, the it, it it takes more than a sunny disposition to solve a lot of problems. Like, sometimes talking through your emotions doesn't work. Or, like, being self-sacrificing or being, um, like, trying to take all of the world's problems on yourself usually doesn't work. Like, it, it's cooperation, uh, like, working to get, like using your 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 relationships as what they are is like a you know as teams of working through things of like not have to do everything by yourself like that is what the actual solution to all of the problems are uh but now every like nobody currently in the season is trying to work together as a team or or like be open and honest with one another Mm -hmm. no one's reaching out for for that hand to help them up they're all thinking that they yeah. they've got to do whatever it is by themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's a a pretty fair read on the situation. Yeah. My poor girl Paradox, she's in bad fucking if Steven's in a bad way, she's in the worst way. <laughs> she just doesn't know how she has all these emotions that she mm-hmm. doesn't know how to deal with. Probably because she's never been in a position where she's been allowed to have emotions. Yeah. Um, You know, she's. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go on. Sorry. You know, she's she's spent most of her life on homeworld doing homeworld things. Very clearly emotion, emotional intelligence is not typically what you see in homeworld society. Mm -hmm. Um, nor is emotional intelligence valued by like a totalitarian government by any stretch of the imagination. So she's, she's never been in a situation where she has to deal with these things. 
right. uh, where it's even encouraged. So it's just like she's just got to deal with this new experience. Yeah. And I mean, and she like it and leading up to this, like she she and it, it seems as though she and Lapis were doing good, like maybe not great. They weren't in the best place, but like they seem to care about each other. They've got a like a living situation. Like they obviously care deeply about one another. Like even with Lapis leaving, she doesn't want to do this, but like everything in her most of the time when you're uh when your brain is not good, you're not you don't want to do any of the bad things you do. You just end up doing them. Because that's what your bad brain tells you to do. You're like, we gotta do this. And you're like, why? We gotta, all right. Like <laughs> Um, cause like she's dead, like Lapis doesn't want to leave her home. This is her home. Like she's made her home here with these people that mm -hmm. she cares about. Um, fortunately she didn't take pumpkin. At least Peridot's got pumpkin. Though pumpkin will probably yeah. frozen to death in space. Um, <laughs> yeah. Does pumpkin need to breathe? I don't know. Um, Do the watermelon, did, have we seen the watermelon people walk underwater? But I don't I, know. Like, the thing is, it's, it, like, she'll, she'll see, like, I imagine all the water in her body will turn to ice eventually in space. That's true. You know, it, it strikes me that a lot of what's going on right now is stuff that just mirrors what Stevens put Connie through, like the thing with Mayor Dewey. Mm -hmm. You know, that made him realize how Connie felt. And then Lapis is kind of doing a similar thing to Peridot, where, you know, Peridot assumed they were going to be doing things together. And Lapis is just like, no, I've got to do this by myself if you're not coming with me. Mm -hmm. It's good stuff. Yeah. Um, Peridot's lost her house and yeah. girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. See, now this is how you get invested in the Peridot Lapis ship. They they build it over a long period of time. I mean, it's it's a fine mm -hmm. ship. I just, I miss Amadot. Don't worry, we'll get back there next week. Um, okay. Sort of. Also, also, how does, how is Steven going to bathe now? Is he just going to run himself <laughs> through the car wash? We also figure out a solution to that problem next time. Oh, boy. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we know Steven's not shy about peeing in front of Peridot at this there point. There is so. a great joke at the beginning of the next episode where Steven's, like, washing his face in the sink and Amethyst comes and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize you were taking a bath. And Steven goes, of the things I have to do in the sink now, this is the one I least care about you seeing me doing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. Uh, yeah. Um. Oh, fucking. Everybody's in a bad place. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta get your heroes down before you can get them up. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Um. Let's see. This episode's title may be a play on the phrase raising the bar. Y you think you wow, you I, <laughs> you got I there all on your play. own. <laughs> I thought it was raising. a play yeah. on yeah, the barn raising. I think it's probably a play like they're like 
it also could be a play on the phrase bard raising. I'm like, I think it's a play on both. I think they could do both here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can you can do more than one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I. Lapis's reaction to her trauma continues to be, uh, both something that the Kruniverse does very well and something that they sometimes fumble. I think they did it very well in this particular instance, especially with like re-emphasizing how Lapis feels about the conflict or, you know, an impending conflict, Mm -hmm. um, and not... The show walks a fine line between painting Lapis as as overreacting uh, because of her trauma and treating her as having very reasonable fears based on what she's experienced previously. Yeah. In, uh, you know, spoiler alert, this isn't the last time we see Lapis in this season. Um, yeah. God, what a fucking downer that would be. Um but when we see yeah, her Yeah, she again, took all the meat morbs. All the fucking literally every meat morb. Um the you lose all your art in the divorce. Like Yeah. And Camp Pining Hearts. Yeah, for real. Um the probably the Wi-Fi's better at the beach house, so Yeah. Um Perry can probably stream it. She- yeah, she can stream it. But yeah, we see Lapis a couple more times throughout the season. It gets like I, I feel like they end on a pretty high note um, in the main Steven universe. And yeah, obviously we see Lapis and Peridot and stuff again um, in future. Mm-hmm. Could not could not miss the 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 barn friends. Alrighty, well, next time. Uh, we will be uh, covering episodes 136, 137, and 138, Back to the Kindergarten, Sadie Killer, and Kevin Party. Uh, Kevin. We finally, we're going to come to the end of the St- Stephen has fucked up arc <laughs> next time. Um, Gonna be a good time. I I can't Sadie Killer is going to be a good episode. Very excited for that episode. Oh boy. All right. Um we let me double check the Discord. I admittedly didn't think until very late to ask for questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we got anything. But it doesn't Yeah, it doesn't look like we got anything. So, um Yeah, I guess it's time to do outros. Uh, What, if anything, is going on in in Brian land right now? Um, Let's see. I mean, uh, fucking Elder County still still trucking along. Um... And, uh, do, I mean, that's just what we're doing. This is for Elder Countering. It's good. I feel like we're doing very good this season. Um, it's a more slow burning season than I'm used to. It's interesting to have a system that's not derived, like, you know, that's not focused on action. Mm hmm. Um, it's but, good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
feel like I'm doing <laughs> very good. I'm doing a lot of sound design shit that I don't usually do. It's it's paying off. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's there's really an good. extremely tiny effect in one of the more recent episodes where that car pulls up where I feel like I like 100% nailed the thing that I had in my head, which is like the sound of music coming from inside of a car and then it blaring when they open the door and then going back to being muffled when it, the door is shut. And I feel like I fucking nailed it. <laughs> Hell yeah. So. Hell yeah. Um. Um. Over, over on the follow the leader side, uh, by the time this releases the next episode should be the start of arc 69. So if you don't listen to anything else, (laughs) uh, you can listen to arc 69. Um, It is with our good friend, Richard. Um, And uh, by our good friend, I mean my good friend and yours and Brian's. Um, And uh, it's, it's a a really good time. Uh, We had a good time with it. I highly recommend you check it out. Um, by the time this releases, it will be after the stream for Seattle Pride that Hope's Hearth Enclave is doing, but, um, I imagine you'll be able to catch the VODs on, uh, replay, uh, over on their Twitch. Um, I don't know their Twitch off the top of my head, but, uh, I'm sure we can figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully that went well. I have a good feeling about it. I'll be in one of the games. Uh, I think it's the first game, actually, uh, kinging off at 7 p.m. I, I don't have... know why I'm giving you times because, mm-hmm. again, it will have happened in the past. But yeah, unfortunately, uh, I won't be there because I'll be having a very, 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 very full weekend that weekend of fundraising. For you're Blood so Pride. valid. I have two you fundraisers are... and a recording that weekend. Yeah, so. you are so valid. Um, soon my my watch will end when it comes to pride. Uh, soon. But yeah, soon. Um, we are barreling through the season. By I have done the math. I'm telling you now, audience. We will be done with season five by September. I just redid my math. Um, so that's not very far away. So it's going to be a good one. I think that this season is so what I was kind of talking to August before, like this is the most watchable season, I think, of Steven Universe. And I don't mean that in like the other seasons are bad, but like this is the most like the energy of each episode just carries into the next episode so well that you just want to keep fucking watching. Um, I don't know if that's true for you, August, but apparently it's true for Anya. <laughs> It is definitely true for Anya. Mm -hmm. I think that part of the reason why I'm not feeling as driven, I guess, is just because, A, I know I'm going to be watching it again soon, Mm -hmm. and B, I don't know what's coming up, so I don't have the the whole, ooh, I can't wait to get to this part um, inherent in that. Like, I want to know what happens next, Mm -hmm. uh, certainly, but, I mean, so far... So far, season five is good, but I think maybe season three was probably the one that I felt most like. It's just like I have to I have to keep watching. That's fair. That's so, fair. I think but, once we kind of hit the next little section, it really starts kind of like 
thrumming along because I okay. think it's also because they the, the thing is they start releasing the episodes in bombs. So like mm-hmm. they start releasing them as like small little mini arcs like that flow extremely like because that's one thing this season does that I don't think many of the other seasons of Steven Universe do is like episodes are just flowing seamlessly into one another. They are not they are no longer self-contained stories. They are extremely reliant on what has come before. Mm hmm. So which I don't think is bad. I think it's the last season fucking go big or go home. Right. Like yeah. at this point, the Crooniverse knows this is it. Or at least they think this is it, right? Like, they're like, fuck it. We just got to go. Break the accelerator off. Let's rumble. So. Which becomes an issue when we get to the end. Again, I really would have liked a little bit more space breathing room for the end of Steven Universe. But that's not Rebecca Sugar's fault. That's fucking Cartoon Network. Yep. All righty. Well, if you want to ask us questions about anything that happened in this episode, anything that's coming up on the next episode, please join our Discord. Um, it's a great little Discord. Or talk to us on, if you don't want to join our Discord, I completely understand. But you can talk to us on Twitter at, at GaySpaceRocks. We don't post there often, but we do monitor it. Like, so if you send us a tweet, we will get at you and probably talk back to you. Honestly, you need to figure out how to get more good at that Twitter. Um, he says, Man, season five... I- of the show. <laughs> I'm bad at the follow the leader Twitter. I'm bad at the standing stones Twitter. I'm bad at the gay space rocks Twitter. You know, I'm it's only fine. moderately okay at the, at, at the, the room where it's Twitter. So but <sighs> that's because I just don't really have another Twitter. So there's just like a lot of the podcast having extremely leftist politics on the internet. Hmm. Um, all righty. Well, I believe it is your turn, August. I believe you're correct. Uh, in which case I implore you, dear listeners to be like cookie cat and leave your family behind while claiming to be your mother and then have this whole savior complex about it. And then when you come back, alienate yourself from the girl that you really, really like. Peace. Peace. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.